grumpy old geeks, two old farts, a microphone, and the internet. What could go wrong? We have a special guest uh, this week again. Uh, my friend Felicia is here. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, she is a photographer and a comedian and a, well, now ex-podcaster. Ex-pod. No, I still podcast on Wednesday nights live uh, on uh, at the Joint Studios, which goes on Sirius. Oh. It's called Bad Advice. But it's a podcast where I absolutely don't have to do anything technically with it. Fantastic. You yes. just show up and, and be cool. Just show up and just puke my thoughts out and move on. <laughs> That's kind of what we're doing right now. Kind, kind of, of yes. <laughs> but uh, she's actually funny. Oh. And we just talk about boring shit. That's true. That's yeah. not... What do you guys actually talk about? Um, do you anything, guys just geek out about technical shit? Anything and all technical, but we've ended up talking a lot about ourselves and our lives uh-huh. and like how we try not to be super fat when all we do is sit around and we talk a lot about beer and... Uh, all sorts yeah. of stuff, yeah. yeah. Just kind of yeah. hanging out, shooting the shit. It, yeah. came, oh, it came cool. out of literally us hanging out at a bar going, we, we should record, record this crap. This? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so that's all we really do. But um, there's a lot of things we want to talk to you about, all right, especially get on about it. technology stuff. What about, oh, that's frightening. Well, there's a, there's <laughs> a whole... Looking at me for those answers, that's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you, I mean, you're out there. Yeah. You've, you've got your website, you've got your Twitter, you've got your yeah. Facebooks, you've got your uh, yeah. your Instagrams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It is what it is. <laughs> no, I started podcasting like two and a half years ago. That's interesting. Now everyone podcasts. I don't mean to, you know, yeah, look uh, you guys in the eye when I no, say it's that. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's a great thing. It's yeah. a great thing. Well, I wanted to ask you specifically because you, for a, you know, you were up and coming comedian. You were doing really, really well. Then mm-hmm. you kind of got out of the game for a right, while. Right. And now you're kind of back. How's it uh-huh. different because of the technology? We didn't have any of this shit when you right. first went out. Well, I did comedy for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started at the comedy store when I was, I think, 20 or so uh, in 1986. And it was at the end of the boom of comedy, as most comedians <laughs> will tell you. And that was a time where at the comedy store, any given night, you would see Sam Kinison or Robin Williams or, you know, name any comic. You would see them there. And uh, it was interesting then because your value was based on one skill. Right. Like in those days, if you had one skill and you could kick ass at it, that's all you needed like to Like if do. you were a Gallagher and you could hit a, a watermelon with right. a sledgehammer, hey, you were gold. Hey, you don't know what it's like to fucking have to go get watermelons before the show, <laughs> carry that sledgehammer around. Sledgehammers are fucking heavy. They're heavy. So, but the thing is, it's, it's like I remember back in those days, if you even had a press kit or if you had a little bit of like you would carry clippings around and you would show managers and agents, they'd be like, this motherfucker is not funny because they're spending all this time doing press. Right. So obviously they're not working on the craft, so they're not funny. And the the thing is coming back into comedy now, because I did take eight years off with my kids, and everyone is technically savvy. Everyone's been to Juilliard. Everyone's been to <laughs> every, like, what does Juilliard have to do with comedy? I don't know what everyone's fucking been there. You know what I mean? Like, like now it's like you can't be great at one thing. You have to be kind of mediocre at 150 things. Right. You know, which is great in its own way, but it sucks too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was I mean, specifically like with comedians because they all every comedian's on Twitter, and you have to give your jokes away. Like, that's the thing. Like, if you had jokes in the '80s, like those jokes would last you for ten years. You could go on the road and make a kick-ass living doing the same set off the same set. And now, 
uh, you have to, it's such a turnover it's a quick turnover now it's not about quality it's about quantity you know right. and that was a hard thing to learn coming back into comedy it, that it's the turnover rate is so quick and I think that's not just in comedy but any kind of business well, it's music not industry about same thing anymore. you can't wait yeah. for an album anymore yeah. you can't get you if you don't have something every year or two you're gone yeah. people forget you and that's it yeah like like now like back in the day you could at the age of 32 you wrote a kick-ass album because you were sucking and fucking and fucking your life up for a good decade you yeah. know and now like you have to have those exact same thoughts and you're 19 or 21 you know mm -hmm. it's yeah like that I miss, that I miss. But on the opposite side, you have it more within your control, even yeah. if you're mediocre. But and to talk about the turnover now, I listened to your show where you did the interview with the gentleman who did the uh, comedy records. Oh, and David Drozen. Yeah. That was an amazing From, show. Because he I was the first show. guy that uh, recorded Pryor. Yeah. Oh, that story about Pryor giving blowjobs for six oh, bucks yeah, a shot. I yeah, was just like, I'm yeah. still getting chills. I'm like... That was a that was a crazy story. Yeah. I recommend we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. But that was a great show. Yeah, that and, was on the She Said What podcast. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but he was saying that like comics would go up and do new material, and then people would ask for like old bits. So do you still kind of see that happening? Like like classic bits, like stuff that they want to hear. Oh, like, from me specifically, yeah, or yeah, from just, other like, comedians, or you, or whatever. I mean, do you still see that? Given that the turnover is so high because everybody's you know, tweeting all their jokes. And... Right. No, the the thing is, it's kind of a weird thing because you have your YouTube page and you put some jokes on there, but you don't want to put all your jokes yeah. or the gist of the framework of your act on YouTube because you don't want people coming to your show. And, and then, then going, I've already heard all this. Yeah. I've already heard all this because yeah. comedy is a little different than music. If you are doing music, people want to hear those songs. Yeah. But is the same joke really funny three times over? You know what I mean? Or even once, if it's Dane Cook. <laughs> you know what? I, I I get what everyone's saying about Dane Cook, but I really respect Dane Cook. Well, you got to respect yeah. him. Look at, I mean, talking about what you were talking about, about being mediocre at a million things. He's the prime I, example of a comedian that knew how to get himself online, knew how to take care of every aspect of his business and build it. So you know, whether you think he's funny or a, not, he did a great job. I think that's a, I'm going to challenge you on this okay. a little bit. And and the thing is, it's very easy to say, yeah, that person is a hack or that person, fuck Dane Cook and his, <laughs> what he did on MySpace and all that kind of stuff. It's very easy to say that. But the truth of the matter is, uh, I can't argue that Dane Cook is changing the comedy landscape, but I can't argue this. It's really hard to go up in front of a crowd and oh, yeah. fucking kill it. You know okay, I see him kind of and as they Dane say Cook the Dave that. Matthews band of comedy uh -huh. he's somebody that i personally can't stand but right. a lot of people do yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of people love them yeah. so yeah no, and so i don't he's go. got to be funny fair. he That's has fair. to be funny to get on stage yeah. and yeah. to be in front of that many people and dave matthews is pretty competent yeah you know what i mean is he changing the landscape of music no but you know what <laughs> you know, sometimes you do you always eat something that changes the landscape of food well, you know what doritos I mean? <laughs> like you have doritos here and fucking whiskey so no sometimes you just want fucking doritos you know <laughs> Dave Cook is the Doritos of comedy. There we go. There you go. And, and you know what? I wish I was the Doritos of comedy. I would like to be the Doritos yeah. of anything. That's a lot yeah. of money. That's a lot of money. So there you go. Comment of the week. Our comment of the week comes from uh, from the iTunes comments, which is always nice. We like those. Well, we yeah. like any comment, website, email, whatever you want. No, but iTunes are especially good for us. Because especially when get, you give us ratings. a big star rating. We love that. So thank you, Jonah820. Uh, his comment is... I'm assuming him, Jonah. I think you also have to read this in a British accent because I do believe it is distinctly British. 
Oh, okay. Well, I can't do that. I okay. promise. I, 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 just to piss off the anonymous guy, I'm not in any kind of character. I'm just me, me, me. Oh, that's so, right. Yes. Okay. Uh, great podcast. Much. Nothing spectacular. Well, that part. Yeah. Just tech talk by two guys who do know what they are on about. Interesting tips come up now and again, almost by accident. Well, that's kind of how we run our lives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but generally, if you're a middle-aged geek who knows what ARPANET is, this is your bag. ARPANET. 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 Apparently, I don't. <laughs> it's amazing what happens when you're trying to read something and not thinking ahead. Oh, that must have been Ronald Reagan with all those uh, speeches. Mm -hmm. Bring okay. down this wall. Entertaining and funny. By the way, I last had an American beer 30 years ago at RAF Skullthorpe in Norfolk, UK, USAF Air Base. It was a Michelob. It was terrible rubbish, which during my alcoholism days was a real pita. It's a real Pain pita. Pain in the ass. <laughs> Pain in the ass. As it was impossible to get drunk on American beer before running out of cash. Keep it up, guys, and thanks, Jonah. Well, thank you, Jonah. Um, always nice to have somebody over there uh, listening to us because I've spent two years of my life living in London and I've always been kind of an Anglophile, so I'm glad that yeah. uh, Same we're here. making the divide. I, I, I love England. It's just too damn expensive for me, and, it, and, and their pizza's terrible. Uh, the, but the food the, has gotten a lot better. Okay. Yeah. The beer is, is so much better than ours. Yes. yes. And, and we have put away the Michelob, so... Yes, uh, we're not drinking Michelob today. Uh, we're both on kind of our own choices. I'm, I'm drinking a Red Stripe lager. And I'm drinking a Guinness. Yes, there you go. Just to get... Cause <laughs> it really... You know, I really liked it for about 10 seconds or two weeks. Yeah. And that shit is just terrible. There's only so much... I, I would rather do another 10 laps at the gym... Than, than the the caloric reduction beer. It's right. Just... Well, I, I mean, I've taken the secret to, of the Michelob Ultra to my my weekly trivia game, which is I, I start with two decent real beers, mm -hmm. and after that, I'll go ahead and switch to the Ultra, and it's that's not bad. That's a good idea. So that's, that's kind of the idea. way to do it. That's uh, you got to find you know your yin yang yeah. uh, on the on the Ultra. Well, especially when you're doing trivia, you need to stay sharp. Uh, it's, I, I, I approach <laughs> trivia like I play pool. There's a sweet spot of drunkenness okay. in which you're okay. much better than you are sober. But if you go beyond that, you're a complete mess again. Yeah. So it's a teeter-totter. Okay. Well, thank you for the comment. And uh, if yeah. you want to be on the next comment of the week, then uh, <laughs> go to iTunes. Give us a rating, good or bad, but preferably good. And uh, leave us a comment. Yes, please do. And uh, cheers. Cheers. In the news. So, Brian, your, your uh, favorite site, fab.com, just got a bunch of money. Well, it's not my favorite site. My favorite site I can't mention. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, they got a $150 million investment on a $1 billion valuation. A billion dollars. What billion. is fab.com anyway? Fab is great. I love it. Um, it's a great site, but all it is is a catalog of cool things. It's cool yeah. housewares, uh, interesting like tech items. It's yeah. just stuff. Who's making those decisions that it's cool? Um, people that buy the stuff. People like, buy the like stuff. Like the, uh, the uh, bottle opener. That little the bottle door. opener uh -huh. over there people on my People like fridge. Brian. Yeah. The ones so, like, whatever is the most popular goes to the front of their line. I'm sure um, they have algorithms for yeah, that that, that pop up, and they have out. featured items and stuff like that. But the, but the reality is, it, it's just a catalog, and it's valued it's, at one billion dollars. Yeah. How wow. does Sears or and or Roebuck feel about this since they had the catalog idea about 150 years ago and yeah. don't have a billion dollars? <laughs> No, well, and they're dead, but... Do you guys go on Reddit a lot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I love Reddit. Yeah. It's a great site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're not worth a billion dollars, but they, <laughs> they get more traffic. But these guys are, they're resellers. They don't, they don't make anything, period. Yeah. They're just directing traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah. A, it's a yeah. storefront. Yeah. That's all, that's all it is. And 
a billion dollars. A billion dollar valuation. That just makes they me. Just, well, and they, they they just raised 150 million dollars, and they're looking for 100 million more. But this is to fake money. Right? That's exactly what? it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. To do what? To do I, what? I, they've got a website. It works. Unless they're the going to. Do they need more money for? Try to take on Amazon and become a huge big store. Yeah. Well, have you guys been to Best Buy lately? Unfortunately, yeah. You wore the you know, tumbleweeds blow? I know. Yeah. I was at Best <laughs> Buy uh, like a year ago, and then mm-hmm. I went uh, this week to get something for my kid. Mm-hmm. And like, they don't have a lot of inventory anymore. Nope. Like, no. where are the workers? Like, how how are people actually working? I'm still not entirely sure how this economy is propped up yeah. at all at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really don't understand it. Because anything real or valuable or physical doesn't really exist. Nobody's getting paid. Uh, uh-huh. Everything yeah. just kind of shows up from a cloud. Uh, from the Amazon cloud. It just shows up at your house when you order something. Did did you ever hear... I I remember this when... uh, We're all going to be UPS No, the dead cat bounce. You remember (laughs) that? that? Mm -hmm. Uh -uh. The economy is basically... When you throw a cat out the window Mm -hmm. and it dies when it hits the ground, it still bounces, but it looks like it's alive. That's our economy That's the economy. It's the dead cat bounce theory. It's like, oh, we're coming back. Everything's going good. It's like, no. It's scary, dude. That cat's still fucking dead. It ain't going to get up and walk away. It's still cool to see a dead cat bounce, though. (laughs) Check out YouTube. (laughs) Or speaking of dead things, Vine. Vine is now dead. You Are you on it, Vine? You know what? I was on Vine. For and seven I, seconds of comedy clips? Yeah, You know, a lot of comedians are on Vine, and I uh, was on Vine, but uh, it was too glitchy. I bet you Stephen Wright was never on Vine. <laughs> yeah. you, know, you cannot do a seven-second joke. Yeah, that's... No, he <laughs> could actually do a seven-second seven <laughs> joke. Okay. But I, th- I thought it was way too glitchy, and I would spend like a half hour doing something, and it just would glitch out, and it's yeah. like, screw this. Well, it doesn't matter because it's now dead. Yeah. Because Instagram, do you really think it's going to be dead? It, it's dead because today Instagram pushed a new update and they now do video Um, and it's eight seconds longer so 15 seconds total so you know for the guys with stamina this is way better (laughs) they can show off how long they can last Uh, it's probably less glitchy because they've had a lot of experience I mean Uh Instagram's been running as a professional thing for a long time and Uh and Vine was basically just a startup so I do love my Instagram so I'm gonna for sure check that out well that's the the entire point about Vine being dead is really that Instagram has such a large user base already. Basically, anybody but that Vine went to Vine has a pretty good user base, right? Yeah, but all of them are. Pro- I guarantee you, all of them are Instagram users too. That's yeah. true. If you're That's into true. it, you got yeah. both, and yeah. now you can do your video just with Instagram. So yeah. why would you ever switch apps? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so I think it's dead. Yeah. Cat is still bouncing, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> fluffy <laughs> do you guys do vine at all have you done any uh, i did stuff? one when yeah. i got these cool little motorized blinds in my yeah. place that keep uh-huh. it a little cooler in here uh-huh. i was like okay i finally found something i could do a seven second video with and that was it yeah. that, that was my one update yeah. some I people think, are really good on vine though doritos actually oh really <laughs> doritos did a really cool stop motion little mm-hmm. thing that's the only thing that i know that has actually popped Right. Were on, on but are Vine. they actually doing it with the Vine application on a phone, or are yeah. they videoing it and then editing it and then somehow yes. sneaking it into the system? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> I think you have to do it with the app, though. I have. I. I don't think that there's a way to yes, there import is. You can video. do it on oh, okay. your uh, monitor. You can do it on your computer and then just stick your phone right up to the monitor and video oh, very what ghetto. you've edited. Yeah. Not that I've done that. <laughs> 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 so yeah, I. Vine's dead. Vine's dead. Anyway, I think a lot of things are dead because I have kids. I have a 12 and 13-year-old, and to see what they're doing now is frightening. It really is frightening. Like, right. Uh, they don't pay for music. 
Right. They don't even do Pandora. Fuck Pandora. They don't do any of that. They do. They just stream it off a uh, uh, iTube or YouTube. Not YouTube. YouTube. No, no. It's no. An, it's another program that they use. Where, mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, no, no. We need to pay people at least. You know, like right. I don't mind buying a song here and there. But now it's over. They don't watch TV. It's dead for that generation, yeah, right? Yeah, it's dead. They don't watch TV. Nothing that they're going to access on the internet are they going to pay for. Yeah, it's and when you're raised that way and that's what you expect, it doesn't change once you start to actually make money, assuming they'll be able to make money because there'll be jobs. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> I, assuming I really... there'll be a job. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there certainly isn't content creation jobs anymore. I mean, people are stopping to pay for content. It's kind of an elite out there that actually are able to still get paid to be anything creative. Yeah. Um, books, music, whatever it's it's harder to make a buck well i remember hearing five years ago that due to the internet people aren't going to pay for anything on the internet but people will pay a premium for a personal experience and i think that's true like so people whatever job that you have that is a personal experience it could be something as simple as nursing you know what i mean hooking (laughs) hooking. stripping you know stripping that's a personal experience that is but even like i this program that i'm working on through the uh, indiegogo the peeping comics like even peep shows are out of business because everyone accesses porn on the internet. Yeah. Like everything is like I don't understand how it's going to work. I I'm I'm mystified as well. Yeah. I mean, we spent a, I think a couple of our first episodes with, that we didn't end up releasing because yeah. we were cussing every other word or mentioning clients' names that would get us fired or things like that. <laughs> I mean, we spent a long time talking about it. My question to Jason was how the fuck does anybody make money anymore? Yeah. I, I don't get it. I don't get it either. And I, I mean, right now it's just eyeballs and advertising. So, and but even the advertisers are like going I said, away like because it, they're not making money on the clients. There's an easy spending. plugins that you can install that you never see an ad. I, yeah. I never see ads, so I don't understand the advertising income either. Uh, but they still sell advertising so. to plumbers, and plumbers still yeah. go out and... Plum. Plum. <laughs> there you go. That's they plum with the plum. You'll always need to plumber unless you we learn to stop plumber. pooping. That goes back to physical, physical yeah. interactions. You yeah. Know? It's, yeah. If you're not, if you're not digging a ditch or building a bridge, then you know you can blog all you want, but nobody's going to pay for that shit. Well, yeah. it's just like people would uh, before bands would make money off their swag, uh, not off their swag, but off their record sales, yeah. and not really make so much money off a personal experience. They would make some, but yeah. now it's the now opposite. it's all tour. Totally. You don't make. Yeah. Money off of content. recording your album is a loss later. That's right. It's just You're to get you on the road. Money off the personal experience. Yep. Yeah. And are, are bands still actually taking label money, or are they doing it themselves just to put it out and get on the road? Um, it's all different now. Because it's all I, different. It's all over I the place. I know someone uh, who was a songwriter and a uh, pretty big songwriter, and now they're doing stuff like uh, at some of these music labels where they're marketing to uh, colleges, like come get a master degree in music mm-hmm. at Warner Brothers, blah, blah, <laughs> blah, but you're actually paying someone to fucking develop you. Yeah. You're going to pay them like you're paying mm-hmm. a college for yeah. them to put your first record out. Yeah. And, and who knows if they're even really putting it out. And you're paying someone to do that. Even if they did put it out, it won't sell anything, and then the label's going to drop you. So they took the money just to pretend to yeah, develop you. Yeah. Um, it's all over the... Like, labels are still useful in terms of the fact that there's there's a filter there to some extent. Otherwise, it's just a everybody... In, in that, they go through a process. Bands go through a process of, of the somebody at the label, an A&R agent, finding them and going, okay, we can actually do now, something with them. Yeah, are there actually now? A&R agents? There yeah. still there still are. There are a few. A couple but, guys with their backward hats. But beyond that, that like 59. beyond that, it's just everybody throwing up their tracks on SoundCloud and then putting it up on their Facebook yeah. and their Twitter and link and listen to me. And it's 
it's almost impossible for a band to break. The only way a band does break anymore is going back really old school and getting on the road and touring. That's exactly And just it. playing show yeah. and show after show yeah. after show after show and building up their mailing list. And, yeah. And hopefully, you know, you get a legion of 14-year-old girls that are so into you that they can't, you know, shut up about it. And that's the only way to make it now. And what, it. what about 14-year-old boys? 14-year-old <laughs> boys are too busy spanking off to the completely freely available porn tap they're, that comes you, out of the internet. They're on you porn all day long. I mean, that's, I'm I can't not even... listening. I know, you, you, have, uh, you have two boys coming of oh, that age, no. but I can't even tell you how strong that drive is at that age. And if we would have had an unlimited tap of every conceivable woman and girl in every position known to man, but I yeah, would never have left the house. We had the Sears fucking catalog. We had the Sears had Roebuck catalog. But you know what? That's a problem because my one it of my sons was looking at porn and it was my younger son. And it's just like, you know, it's not like when I was a kid, my brother was looking at porn and you saw maybe something kind of pink and shiny, sort of, <laughs> right? Now it's like stuff that they're like, whoa, it like fucks yeah. them up. You now know? it's like if yeah. you aren't doing ass to mouth, I don't even know yeah, what the hell to do because that it's so out there yeah. and just in your face and, and extreme. And by the way, I don't think a twelve-year-old should know that. And <laughs> around the world, it, you have to end at the first hole you started with. I just don't think that's <laughs> no. Healthy. A twelve-year-old around the world should still be. It took eighty days and they were in a balloon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not. I started at the butthole. I end at the butthole. <laughs> I, well, I think learned that until I was thirty-two. <laughs> Around the world with Felicia Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's yeah. a it's a crazy world. Um, I can't even imagine. It's it's just insane. I mean, that's and and well, you talk about money. Are the porn stars even making money anymore? No, like all pay, that. Who pays for they porn? All, they all shop at Target with me out in the valley. So. Yeah, yeah. I know that's interesting. You can't even make money doing you that can't anymore. Can't even live rich as a porn star. No. Yeah. You're total ghettoed. Yeah. <laughs> So much for the the physical world, too. Nobody's making any money. Kickstarter in the balls! So, uh, normally right now, I would be picking on some celebrity that's on Kickstarter and and laughing at them and their Uh failure or Uh or their success and say why it sucks. Uh Um, But we'll do something different. Uh, we have a positive Kickstarter story here. You know what? I have participated in three Kickstarters and one Indiegogo. And I have to tell you, the first Kickstarter was a traditional kind of Kickstarter. It was a photographer that did pictures about some dog he adopted in the Himalayas and had <laughs> bladder cancer when he took him to Kansas or some shit. <laughs> but he took a picture of a, of a cloud that looked like a dog, and I was like, that's some pretty shit. So I donated so you $15. Donated. Right. I'm sure it was $50 or whatever. And then the second Kickstarter I did was uh, through a mutual friend of ours named Wendy Marvel, which was a flip book. And that was an exciting Kickstarter because it ranked pretty high in all the Kickstarters and funding for what they asked for, which wasn't that much and what they got in return. And it ranked pretty high and uh, did well and got into all sorts of magazines and all that and is a really cool thing that they did. Yeah, it is cool. And then the third Kickstarter I did was uh, and it's going to film this uh, late August or September. It's a schlock horror film okay. that has comedy in it, 
and it's a bunch of guys in New York. And one of the guys I uh, did comedy with, uh, we did a USO tour, USO tour in Iraq. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna fund this <laughs> Kickstarter, and and if I can laugh with a guy in Iraq in the middle of fucking nowhere, right. getting shot at in a Black Hawk, I can fucking laugh with this guy anywhere. So we're doing this schlock horror thing called the Devil's Tree at the end of the year, and then uh, this is the project that I'm most excited about is a project that I found on Indiegogo mm -hmm. with this girl named uh, Lucky Deluxe. And she also goes by Susanna Lee. And she uh, is a comedian, mm -hmm. and uh, but she also does burlesque dancing. She's a very... Uh, uh, I'm excited. Yes. She has like kind of a retro <laughs> vintage, you know, like she's big busted, yeah. big kind of girl, and but sexy in her own goofy way. And uh, she was looking to fund a show called Peeping Comics. And uh, it's so she works as a burlesque dancer and then sometimes as a stripper. But she works at the last peep show in L.A. Uh, <laughs> in the Valley called Venus Fair. And so it's uh, her doing a peep show. And it's like old school peep showy. Like you don't see that anymore. Do you have to put the coins in the booth? To get oh, in the money in the booth. <laughs> and there's like stains on the walls. Nice. We don't have to say what they are. And she interviews comics while she gives a peep show. And that really spoke to me because when I was 18, I was a stripper. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw her Indiegogo, I was like, not only am I going to fund this Indiegogo, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking get, I'm going to work on this Indiegogo. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so I've been working on it with her and we've had everyone from Paul Provenza to Margaret Cho. It's probably going to premiere as a web series uh, in the early fall, end of summer. And, uh, and then I've been directing them. So it's oh, been awesome. really great. Cool. Yeah. So I, for me, those kind of projects are super interesting. If you specifically know what you want to fund or you want to participate in, it's great. I mean, no, what I like about those projects is, is they are kind of independent. Um, uh -huh. The stuff that we pick on is like your Zach Braff. Who's oh. then taking his his film that he just got your money for, and right. then taking it to a major studio, who, gets who then the are profits. gonna who get all the profits and kick in a little more money. Right. So that I love Kickstarter for these smaller projects, uh -huh. these independent uh -huh. things. That's that's amazing. Uh -huh. so, Don't be mad at Zach Braff because he gets up earlier than you and is more organized. Don't be mad at him for that. I've seen I've, <laughs> I've seen a photo of his apartment. I'm way more organized. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's you know look. Is it fair? Maybe not necessarily that he's using it, those kind of processes to get money. But it's not about the money sometimes as it is about the publicity. Look how much publicity he got yeah. off of that. You he know? got a That's ton. okay. Well, That's he got okay. $2 million too. So it, yeah. It's, yeah. But the, but the yeah. worry is, is there's only so much atmosphere. And is he sucking everything out of Kickstarter and, and our people? But that's all right, because something else will come along. That's true. Yeah. There will always yeah. be something yeah. else. Yeah. He's always two years behind. Like People like that are always two years behind anyway. Right. That's how I feel. Oh, sure you call that out? Yeah. It's crap. So a buddy of mine I worked with at the last agency I was at, his, yeah. his friends created an iPhone app called Let's Date. Uh-huh. And the, the premise is you have to have at least 50 Facebook friends to start with. Yes. So if you don't have 50 friends, you can't be you dating. can't join. Okay. Right. But yeah. it's not really friends. People you know. 50 yeah. people you know. You, you have to have conned 50 people into being your buddy on Facebook. And okay. then once you join, put up your profile and you go through a little questionnaire. And then you get presented with just pictures of people. And you can say, no thanks or let's date. And if those people Isn't that those bang people with basically get presented with, the, with their set of people based on their thing. And if they say let's date, they put you together. Okay. It's bang okay. with friends. Except it's it kind of says it yeah, kind of, It's bang with friends, but, yeah. you know, in a prettier interface. Yeah. And uh, Have you done it? Have you tried it? I have done it. And how is it? Zero. 
I mean, granted, to... I'm not the most photogenic gentleman that uh-huh. you've probably ever met. Um, I'm not saying, uh-huh, like, yeah, you you yeah. fucking better put yeah. a bag over your head. I'm saying, uh-huh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I'm listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. It's okay. You can say that. <laughs> no, too. no, I'm not. I'm just saying I'm listening. Uh-huh, I'm listening. <laughs> um, so as an experiment, I went through and did a couple of them. And I, I would get, like, girls that said, let's date. You right. know, I got I got some positive uh-huh. feedback, but I would go through and I would pick the girls I liked and never any hits, nothing. And then one day I went through and said, fuck it. I'm going to do do an experiment. I'm going to say I'm going to date everybody. Uh-huh. Same thing. No hits. But I've got an email saying you've got four girls that are that want to go on a date. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're showing me all the girls that want to go on a date with me, and I said yes, why, why can't I go on a back? date? Oh, maybe it's they're counting people that made a hit on your picture. No, it, there are four girls that click the let's go on a date button. Uh-huh. Not the girl that looked at my picture they right. said they actually said i want to go on a date uh-huh. so then they show me all the girls that i can go on a date with that i matched with and you said yes i said yes and nothing happens nothing okay. absolutely zero so i don't know if they're lying about the the number of people that i've met or that, that have seen my profile and clicked on it or it's just i don't know have you it's, done other dating sites I have. I have, actually. What dating sites have you done? I did Match, which didn't work. Yeah, you can't do Match and live in Venice, match, California. Match. I'm sorry. I'm really? sorry. Yeah, you hmm. know, what, are you going to date some waitress in Simi Valley? Like, seriously. Well, I used well, to do actually, that without yeah. Match. <laughs> <laughs> That's on you. Yeah. That's on you. <laughs> and your problems. Because <laughs> um, I, I do a lot of security stuff. Uh-huh. So, what I found When you say security stuff, what do you mean? Like online security, like uh-huh. uh, finding scammers and hackers and stuff uh-huh. like that. And what I found was anybody that contacted me on Match was somebody that would try and take me out of the Match system to basically steal my identity. It wasn't. There weren't. You're so people. full of shit. Are no, you I'm serious? Not, I, I, I am 100 percent serious. No. I think. Uh, then you go back the next day, and the profiles are deleted. I've, I've got to say, Match, I, I Match tend is to. Match a huge phishing scam. I tend really? to think yeah. that the women's experience on online dating versus men's experience on online dating are completely different. I are think men are targets for spam. No. Yeah. Yes. If you're on online dating and you're a man, there are a million women that most of be them with a fake. Man. No, I think so. Really? Isn't that your experience? I never met one person on there. Okay. I talked to everybody. Are you serious? Yep. There's just no way. Are yep. you serious? I can't yeah. believe this. I, they they no. lure you with uh, pictures of their almost boobies and say, no, "Click no, on this I, link and give actually, me your credit it card." Just, it was. They were just uh, like in system emails, and they're like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I don't like this. Can we go on AIM?" And as soon as they start talking to you, and it's it's just a disposable AIM handle, like you know, AIM. Hot, What's hot, AIM? Uh, Instant Messenger. Yeah, oh, AOL yeah, Instant okay, Messenger okay. or Gmail chat or some kind of some kind some kind of real time chat message that's not, not through the, the dating profile. Are you serious? Yeah, that's one of the key flags. If somebody comes to you and says, "I don't want to chat here. Let's go over here," uh-huh. because the the services actually monitor that stuff mm-hmm. for people who are trying to steal identities. Right. Well, you know what I was reading. This just happened last week that the uh, CEO of Plenty of Fish said, and I made a joke about it on my Facebook, that now they're not going to allow people to look for uh, other people within a fourteen outside a fourteen year age difference. So if oh, you're goodness. fifty and you want to talk to a thirty year old. Forget it because that's more than fourteen really? years. Yeah. Really? What, what yeah. if what if you're really into the silver haired devils? I know. I, I, even yeah. I felt that was a little bit excessive. Seems, fourteen yeah. seems a little too close. There yeah. are plenty of relationships. Yeah. And then someone said that that yeah. the rule is it should be half your age plus seven. So if yeah. you're forty, then you shouldn't be dating anyone younger than twenty-seven. Okay, that's I can fair. see that. Yeah, I've I've heard heard that, that before. Yeah. I wouldn't want yeah. to. 
I've I've been I've talked to some twenty five and twenty six year old girls and they're idiots. I have an ex boyfriend who who I'm still in love with, but uh, and I've stalked, but now I've stopped. And I'm dating uh, I'm dating others, but uh, he. You still have his Facebook profile bookmarked though somewhere, don't you? No, I don't because I had to kick him off my Facebook. Sometimes you got to burn a bridge for your own (laughs) mental well being. And uh, he's dating a twenty one year old. Yeah, but that's just too. that's just ego at that point, what, right? What that's not that? that's not real relationship. That's no, just I can bang like a twenty one year old. He's in love with her. No, he's in love yeah. with her titties. Yeah. 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 But I have the titties <laughs> of a fourteen year old girl, the ass of a sixty three year old woman. But the titties <laughs> of a fourteen year old girl, so it should be either. If you average it out, you know, like the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda true. Anyway, <laughs> But isn't that crazy? That's crazy, right? Yeah, that, what is that's, that? that's an insane what is difference. That? What uh, do you that, talk about? What do you, you don't. talk about in that age difference? You, I don't think he probably does. <laughs> what, what could you? Is, yeah. Where are we going to go eat? Take off She's your panties. She's like, you know, dare we our schnitzel? And get out. <laughs> <laughs> that's confusing to me. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah. I, I did quite well in the internet dating. I liked the, the internet dating. Yeah. Did, did you women find yourself... Men. Well, That's again, I think, I think it's a lot easier for women online. I don't think so. I think it's easier for men. I, I, think, I think it's hard if you are a woman of a certain age or perhaps over a certain weight and limit. And I say, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, it's not you. You've had a good time. <laughs> you're doing good time. Yeah, you're That's doing good. good. All right, all right. No, it's a... Uh, and it's weird when you do on because I've done match is the first one I did and I met someone who I had a year long relationship with and that was fine but match is a little simi valley match is a little like it's a little you know mediocre I did nerve okay I heard that was a good one for for relatively smarter people plus it didn't get it wasn't mainstream so people that signed up for it were kind of somewhat serious about it you know like they didn't just sign up. They just like, oh, I really nerve. It's it attracted yeah. smarter techie. Yeah, it was more that tech sort of thing. Kind of people. Yeah, yeah. that's where uh, Clayton Hubert has his blog there, doesn't he? On there. Oh, I don't know, because that was a couple years ago. But I met okay. someone that I actually even got engaged to for a little while. Oh. He was a lot older than me, but it was more techie, interesting, mm-hmm. you know, kind of people. And then making uh, a note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the people that were on show nerve, notes the guys for Jason that yeah. were on nerve tended to be guys that had done a lot of threesomes. Which are overrated, and uh, although I've never done a threesome, but I hear it. Have you have you done a threesome? <laughs> yeah. You have. Yeah. Did one girl like end up in tears? Because that's what I hear. No, happens. because I yeah. the one threesome I did have, both of the girls were by. Uh-huh. I actually ended up in tears yeah, in the corner. Yeah. I'm like, what, what about me? Tears, tears, exactly. Tears of tears Someone of ends up in tears in a threesome. Someone ends up in tears. Tears of joy. <laughs> tears of like, what's wrong with my clit? So I did, uh, then I did OK Cupid and a little mm. bit of Plenty of Fish. Yeah. And no I, no okay, eHarmony? Cupid. Is that whole is that uh, old guy oh. a little too creepy with his eight points of whatever? I tried to do eHarmony, but then I couldn't fill out the, the form. I filled out the form and I got no matches. Oh, they're, really? they're like you are unlovable. Get the fuck out. I think you need to try this well, actually, experiment no. again when you when you leave LA. Well, it, e-harmony, it might just be an LA thing. No, eHarmony. We, we we did a couple tests with it. We were, we did some because I, I like to test things when I when they say you are an unlovable piece of shit. I like to I like to be able. To <laughs> I need to test this theory. <laughs> I'm like, let me take it again and figure out what part of me is unlovable because I can change. I'm a, I'm a you know I'm a grown ass man. I can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the atheism thing killed it. Oh, on eHarmony? Of course it will. Of course. It's all like, yeah. I found a bunch of... You got to pretend to be religious on there. Yeah, a bunch of crazy, (laughs) crazy crazy-ass religious girls. And 
Catholic Catholic girls are great. I Catholic girls were great. They were great in the teens. You don't want to deal with that later no, in life. No, that's the problem. Yeah. That's, that's no. how it goes. But yeah, yeah. eHarmony was just... You need to catch religion. them in the rebellious phase. OkCupid's okay, good, though. I, for me, my style of guy, OkCupid, okay, I felt was the favorite mm. and the interface like what you how they you go about it on the page of okay cupid mm. was i think very girl friendly hmm. yeah hey. that one out. so anyway uh i am just date. beyond happy skip, that skip uh oh yeah you're that i've now. never actually had to do the online dating you um, never did the online no i never did really? um, bangs everybody so. shut up <laughs> <laughs> a, that's what he's telling you no. i cast a wide net <laughs> well no we would we would go to lunch and these girls would come by and they're like Hi, Brian. You know, and you're like, oh, that was awkward. I dated her. I, you know, like three girls and one. I'm trying to get through my fish sandwich, and three girls came by one day. Did you pick fish sandwich on purpose? Huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so was I, Jason. So was I. <laughs> Security. Ha! Okay. So we were talking a little bit about you and your young sons who are about yes. to come of age yes and are now living in yes. a world where uh first they don't want to pay for anything they don't want to pay for anything yeah uh, the entire especially asked a mouth especially yeah. atm yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is where you used to get your money i'm uncomfortable suddenly <laughs> um, i've seen your bits this should not be i know it's my thumb it's my thumb <laughs> um yeah we don't have to, we don't definitely don't have to talk about the fact that they're about to hit puberty and they have the uh no. The, the porn box, as yeah, Adam Grohl yeah. likes to call it. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested in just what it's like in terms of, you know, they have the world's information at their fingertips. So they're right. constantly connected. Well, I, I assume the they have Facebook thing, and all that. Yeah, the hardest yeah. thing is for the, to try to teach your kids to understand, like, everything you read off the internet is not factual. Right. You know, you don't know if that's real. Anyone could say, I can go in there and say shit. In a year, I can make a viral, you know, yeah. you know, hit everywhere, and it doesn't mean that it's true. That's the hardest thing about having kids is that it doesn't mean everything you read is true. Right. Well, that, I mean, you think about the book that I recommended last week. It's called Trust Me, I'm Lying, Yeah. which is a media manipulator who basically goes out and puts out false stories, and he's the head of uh, promotion for American Apparel. So it's not it, – in so if he can manipulate the media to say anything, then – you can't trust anything. Well, I know? mean, let's start off with the premise that even though 20 years ago, whatever you saw in the news, you don't know if that was truly the news. Walter I mean, Cronkite was the man. Come on. He no, was not. You don't, but you don't know that. But there was still a lot of spin. Yeah, yeah, you don't know that because the news can be so manipulated mm -hmm. by whoever's editing it. So you don't know. But the, everything on the Internet can't be true, you know. Well, and then there's just stupid people that think that the onion stories are true. I mean, oh you see that passed around. That, that all, I mean, it's ridiculous. Someone thinks the onion story yeah. is true. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I, yeah. Me. Generally and, in the Midwest. But oh, well, who doesn't have a mother that sends them? Yes. I, I I've read more books on Republican bullshit <laughs> just to go back, find the passage that they have changed that go out in the chain letters that right. my mom gets that she then sends to me and she goes. Do you know Lee Iacocca hates Barack Obama? I'm like, I'm going to go read a fucking book to figure out the Why? exact line. And he's like, no, this is the line where he says he actually likes Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Even though, fuck Barack Obama now because he's where, where, no better where than Where are best, you originally but, from? Um, I've moved 90 times, so I'm kind of all over the map. But, but where it, are you originally from? I was from? born in Pittsburgh. Uh-huh. And where did yeah. you grow up mostly? Mostly east of the Mississippi. 
Okay, and where did you go to college? East of the Mississippi, Chicago. Okay, yeah. I went to photography college school in Chicago. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always find it interesting because I was dating a gentleman um, a year ago, and, and he was... Uh, uh, he has definitely a, p- a political point of view, and he was very dismissive. He grew up here in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and he's very dismissive of the flyover states. And We tend to do that here. I know, and mm-hmm. it's like I was born in Kansas, but I'm an army brat, so I grew up a little bit everywhere with a German mm-hmm. mother, so cynicism is always there. You know? <laughs> and, but my father still lives in Kansas, and I um, actually bought a little pukey house out there. And I get defensive when people start talking shit about people from the flyover states, you know, because right. I think it's very easy for people that live in uh, big hubs like Los Angeles or New York or Chicago mm-hmm. for them to take a dismissive view out of the rest of America, you know, because it's not that the rest of America is ignorant. It's just the rest of America is having a different experience that you or I Oh, it's are a completely having. different life. Yeah, yes. I mean, in Kansas, in a little town, I bought a house for $8,000, you know. And, <laughs> and, and when you're there, the value of what's important to them is just different than the value of mm-hmm. what's important to us, you know. And, and for people who get dismissive, I get really <laughs> protective about it. And I used to get angry with this guy because he'd be like, ah, they're so ignorant and, you know, blah, 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 and fracking and, you know, screw them they want to do fracking it's like look i don't agree with fracking but if you're living in the middle of nowhere and you're not shiny and haven't tumbled to new york or la why wouldn't you want a 15 dollar an hour job you know handling pipes for fracking Mm -hmm. you know i'm not saying it's correct especially if there's no other work yeah but if there's no other work or another no other hope you're going to take what you're going to take and to be dismissive of people like that and think they're ignorant is is not right you no. know it's perhaps it, your value is well I, and, and just to be clear i'm not saying my mother is ignorant uh-huh. you know I, I i get that part but i just did i introduced her to snopes snopes.com What's which is snopes.com? snopes is, is basically the site. uh yeah if, if it's you the come across, debunker of the internet it's a debunker uh-huh. so if you get if you get like a just a urban legend or something you can go to snopes and they will show you the history of that urban and legend they will uh-huh. reference everything uh-huh. and, will, and tell you the whole where thing, it started how, you say how it's, it's wrong true or false <laughs> yeah. or yeah. questionable yeah so it's the mythbusters of the internet they are they they actually are because it and once i showed her that she's like i looked it up on snopes first <laughs> i looked it up on snopes so as soon as my mom got to the point where she looked it up before she like believes everything uh-huh. because there is a i i mean i i grew up in North Carolina every I'm, I'm an I'm a rural kid you know uh-huh. I grew up around all those people and they're still my family and I'm I'm leaving on Monday to go back to it you uh-huh. know I'm leaving Los Angeles for good so oh, you are yeah really yeah what we're are gonna, you gonna do for your podcast we're gonna Skype, Skype it. it oh really yeah oh, wow. and every now and again I'll fly in and we'll do a live show and I don't it, expect me to come visit <laughs> you know, you'd love it man I fly over no there's some parts <laughs> of North Carolina that are nice there are. Is Raleigh I, dorm? That's in North Carolina. It right? is. I didn't really like Raleigh. I grew up really? on the coast. I, I grew up like 50 miles from uh, yeah. the coast. So I used to go to Duck and Nags Head when I was a uh-huh. kid. I lived in Virginia Beach. lived in Florida. I like literally. I've, I've lived in 14 states. Uh-huh. So I've been, been around. But I, I, I love North Carolina. I was the only white kid in the black school. You know? Oh, really? <laughs> so that was fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I love it back there. But it's just, I think that, honestly, they are more... Uh, receptive to things that they read on the internet and see on TV. They're more they trusting. They don't question. Because they, they don't they, question. well, they, they're not in this environment of complete and utter bullshit that we're in yeah, here. We, we don't believe anybody right away. Yeah. You got to fucking prove you're actually right. Yeah. I think here. I mean, when somebody tells me something, I'm just like, yeah, sure. I'll check. I'll look into that. 
I don't yeah. be, I don't believe yeah. people because we grow up with this mistrusting the media, mistrusting politicians. Uh, biggest asshole from every small town moves here, so we don't trust people because right. it's all the assholes yeah. that come here, present company excluded. <laughs> um, but I mean, I, that's that's the mindset that we grow up in in these in these big cities, and, right. and I think people in the fly, what we call the flyover states are way more trusting, and they are more they are, susceptible they are more trusting. And I, oh, and I, I don't think so at all. I think they're they're more distrustful. Absolutely. Really? What? Absolutely. Uh, okay, explain Absolutely. your position. We're not I'm not saying they're I'm I'm not saying they're more uh, let me clarify this. They're more distrustful distrustful in a person to person exchange. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I get yeah. that. Well mm-hmm. I think we are secretly here. It's just we put on an air of like we always have to be nice to everybody here. Right. And the, this person might be able to get me a job or maybe they know somebody. So I'm just going <laughs> to smile and say how much I, oh, yeah, I do love you, Mr. Corolla. You're awesome. Yeah. That sort of thing. Um, <laughs> and I think that there's more honesty and distrust in face-to-face relationships. But I think when people in North Carolina hop online, they don't have the cynicism that's baked into us that have lived in cities. Right. No, they're more trusting so, of the information they yeah. get that it's true. Yeah. Whatever mm-hmm. is on MS. Well, we are not. Or Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever's yeah. on Fox yeah. News is definitely right. But then on the other right. hand, I read that Russell Brand made some chick cry on Fox that he yeah. interviewed. Oh, I saw that. And, and, like, and then it's he like, tore dude, really? Apart. You have to make her cry? No one, you know, why make her cry? She's an well, idiot. Why make my, her my cry? Question I feel she, bad She already goes home at night because she's like, I'm on Fox News. But Okay. You're Russell Brand. Yeah. You're not going to appeal yeah. to anybody that watches Fox News. Why even go Why in the first place? Why is he even on place? that? Yeah. yeah. Worry about the fact that no one has good yeah. teeth in your country. Worry about that. <laughs> Don't worry about us, Russell Brand. We gave you Katy Perry country. and you treated her like shit. You treated Perry, Katy Perry like shit. Uh, she Sorry. knew what she was getting into. All she had to do was read his first book. Yeah. What do you think went which, down Which there? one? I've got, I've got one of them on my... Uh, Brand my X or something like that? Oh, he wrote that I, before he was ever with Katy Perry, and he I just goes off time. about how he's a drug addict and likes to fuck everything that moves. If somebody writes a 345-page book about mm-hmm. how they're going to do that, and then you still marry him, mm-hmm. you're an idiot. <laughs> but how, <laughs> how much... True. But being here, in, being here in Los Angeles, how much of Russell Brand is an act? How much of that is really him? How much I of actually, it is persona? I think he's ninety percent rock star. I think he is one of the Shut last. Ro- no. I think he lives. Oh my god! I think We're he, wrestling right fucking now. I think right. it, okay. I think at least no he used to be. I think when no. he was in England doing that, that was Fuck no. That was like he was like that MTV guy Jesse whatever that was on who? here like twenty years ago. Who was just they found him and he was a crazy surfer kid that was just always fucking stoned and doing drugs mm. that was russell brand in england i think once he started to make some serious money and he came over here he but cleaned up i don't even understand why he's famous i don't, I don't either even, i don't think does he's funny. he has he sold concert tickets does he really sell a movie name he, a movie that he was in that fucking did gangbusters well it didn't do gangbusters uh, the but Greek i really one. liked him in arthur I thought he did. Oh, I, I hated. Oh, I'm. Oh, no. I'm gonna punch this motherfucker. I, I, I'm with you. I'll hold him down. I thought that was the biggest you know, piece of shit. Look, the original Arthur. Is, the original Arthur is a classic. It's a classic. It's, it's Dudley Moore, and you cannot fuck with Dudley Moore. I used. To, was it Ordinary People? Was that the one where he was in the insane asylum? And they started an ad agency. You're no, talking, not no, 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 no. The Dudley Moore movie, where it's like. Uh, Porsche for guys who want hand jobs from beautiful women they don't know. No, that movie was I'm fucking sorry. hilarious. 10, no, here, here's, here's the deal. It was Jaguar. It wasn't Porsche oh, it was Jaguar, because yes. I had the original poster from that movie on my wall 
in my oh, apartment in Hollywood. I can't remember the name of it. Daryl Hannah. I, it was and Dar- yeah, Dudley Moore, Hannah. and they were. He was like kind of crazy. They went to an insane asylum, and they they went to an insane asylum and started an ad agency, and they just he told truthful ads. I love Dudley Moore. Yeah, it's it's basically ugly guy. The only movie old guys who want hand jobs from the only movie Russell Brand was good on was Meet Him or Get Him to the Greek, where he played. He was funny. He played. He played himself. He played what Johnny Depp wishes he actually was in real life. You guys are so crazy. I'm glad we did. I didn't know that about you guys before I came on this podcast. You guys want to fucking suck Russell Brand off? I don't want to suck him off. Because I call bullshit on him. Like no, I agree with you. Yeah, I don't get it. I didn't like his book. I and really the art. I don't know any other chick in America that would say I want to sleep with Russell Brand. Really, seriously. I'm sure there are plenty. Yeah, I'm sure there are tons. Yeah, well, he's that t- rock star, and he's on TV. <laughs> so that's all you need to be star. anymore. It's just so not true. Like, like as a comedian, he's more rock star than any rock star you can name oh, now. He is name not. name a young kid rock star. A young kid, Justin rock- Bieber. No, I'm not going to say Justin Bieber, <laughs> uh, but Russell Brand. He acts more rock star than any rock star does what, now. He's what, more what rock do you star mean than Bon Jovi. Rock star. What's well, what's your, what, what saying? But Bon Jovi used to be a rock star. I mean, the attitude, the, the attitude, how he, how he the look, himself every. The, well, I'm he going to shower, except every I don't four shower. Days. I show up on Fox News and take a dump on the desk. I mean, he's fucking rock star. I don't agree with him, and I don't think he's funny. But he's definitely a rock star. Wow, I can't believe that I'm arguing against Russell Brand against two guys. So back to the original <laughs> subject, which is your kids and living online. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, yeah, Russell Brand. No, I, I think he sucks. So, but let's get back to the original okay. topic. All right, do it. So, what happens with your kids? Are they online all the time? Are they oh, always online, texting? Do they the both? Time. Did you give oh, them yeah. phones? What age did you One give them phones? And do you use parental controls? Do, you do they let have them Snapchat? Free reign of the internet. I, the Snapchat I'm not happy about, and I make him take it off, and then he always puts it back on. Then I get pissed, and then he doesn't have his phone for three months. You give them, you give them rights to actually buy apps and put apps on the phone. Yeah, here's the thing. My <laughs> kids go to a private school, and, and as soon as they hit sixth grade, they get an iPad through the school, mm-hmm. which I'm unhappy about because I think that takes the parental's decision away from when you want your kids to go on the internet constantly. True. So I don't like that. And for the fact that, you know, kids, uh, uh, people that are running a school, they're not ahead of what kids are figuring out on the internet. So, oh, no. Yeah, they're way so, behind. Oh, no, there's also, there's also the fact that the IT guys can watch anything that goes through those. Oh, yeah. They, remember I had an experience that, you know? with my kid when Which I was on the road. Which is way freaking creepy. It's really creepy because yeah. when I was on the road last year, I was in Sacramento, and I had my babysitter who I've had for 10 years, and she spent uh, three nights with the boys. And my younger son would go on the internet and he got access through a virus on his PC where someone uh, mm-hmm. turned the camera on and started talking to him, and it freaked him the fuck out. And he actually called the police, which I'm thankful for. Right. So it's scary, like, what yeah. can happen on the Internet. It is scary. Yeah. And, I mean, you find yourself behind your own kids, I'd imagine, too. They figure out stuff and apps and way before a parent would. Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. yeah. Like, Snapchat is bad. Yeah. And they've already... Uh, sexed it a little bit oh dear <laughs> oh shit yeah, yeah oh. I, know, I, know, I know i know dude it's my kids get more action than i am no i wouldn't go that far that was brian way. not me by the way i just want to want to clarify that although it's true but <laughs> yeah it's so, a, it's you don't you, you don't turn on any parental controls you just give them you free know, reign uh, 
I don't turn on parental controls because they, you know, I don't do it, and it's bad. But I do kind of try to limit when they're on the computer. Mm -hmm. It has to be in a family area where I know what they're doing. Uh, I know that sounds like I'm in denial, and I am. <laughs> uh, but I try to make them take off any apps that I don't approve. I know Snapchat is yeah. not a good one, or Kick. I don't like Kick either. Kick and kiss my ass. What's and Kick? Kick is a texting format. See, you don't fucking know because you're old. <laughs> <laughs> But then that's what the kids use now is kick. Hmm. And, uh, you know, what's scary about it is that they don't they don't understand that it's a trail that they leave. Like, that the, all of this is permanent. You know, like my son was is on Instagram, and he uh, his father is way more tighter on all the social media stuff than I am. And he, uh, he is really into skateboarding, and he <laughs> liked some guy's meme where it was like, bitches be hoes meme, <laughs> and my ex-husband got really upset by it. Me, I was just like, that's just retarded. Don't do that. <laughs> and... Uh, it's just not even funny. Pick but the thing funny. is, what they don't realize is that other parents are checking their kids' Instagram and that they see that you've liked that meme, yeah. so they're not going to let you take their daughter to the movies. You know, like, <laughs> like you have to understand that there is a trail. Well, and yeah. in 10 years, they're not going to get the job because... Or go to get to the know. college they want, you know. Right. They don't have a Facebook mm-hmm. or anything like that yet or a Twitter or anything like that. That I would stay... Facebook, I don't know. I think that would almost be better because it's such a public thing and it's so tied to your name and it's not anonymous. I think I would almost be more... You can't have a a Facebook account if you're under 13. Until you're 13. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of people start that. Yeah, a lot of people. Well, yeah. I'm 100 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I certify that I am. Yes. Fine. Yeah. Not a a whole lot of control over a drop-down box, but... Yeah. I mean, to some degree, it's it's a weird thing and, and I get why you would think that it's almost like oh I should do more but also they are coming of age and this is just kind of how kids come of age now which is even weirder to think of like, so it's a weird thing when you're like I'm a single mother and I have two boys and what's what's hard is to teach them to respect women because they're on the internet so much and there's so much negativity well, and this culture is very not yes, respectful of women yeah. and so it's really hard like when he first uh, sexted uh, someone in, and it was like the little girl had sent a picture uh, through Snapchat or Kick or something like that, and he didn't. This is what scare is scary. He didn't send it to his friends like, oh look, <laughs> she showed me her boobs. But at school, he showed a the friend. Right. And the thing is, that's child pornography. Yeah. And yeah. what kids don't and realize you're distributing. Yeah. That's right. Is that and it could police, be even over state lines, well, depending right. on where your friend yeah. is. The police are cracking down on it. Like yeah. there is a, a couple of fancy private schools here in LA mm-hmm. where they've actually went into the school and have arrested uh, students off the campus for if you're a girl and you send a guy a picture of your left boob and he sends it to his friend. That's distributing yeah. child pornography, which and, but is what somewhat no, ridiculous. No, legally, it's, it's, it's no. not ridiculous. It's, not it's ridiculous. how it should be. Yeah. Okay. It's how it really is. How it should be. But teaching your kids that this could happen, it, yeah. you know, you, they it's don't hard. get it, especially yeah. when you're so desperate to see a boob at that age. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what happened with there was a big case about that, and I think that they let the girl 
she's not going to have to do time, obviously. Yeah. But but that's what I meant by legally. Yeah. It is. I mean, the but punishments no, that they so would for give. The rest of their lives, it's not yeah. necessarily. Well, you I'm could be uh, do you time. could be branded a sex offender, that's which right. will be with you forever. That's yeah. right. That's what's scary. You know, about and the we talked we talked about we talked about this before with the girls who were in love with the Boston bomber yeah. guy, and mm-hmm. I'm like. These girls are going to be branded forever, yeah. you know. And this—it's just another thing where it's like this trail is going to follow you. You're yeah. going. You're, there, there's you're no erasing any of this stuff. And and but the kids are—you're too young to ever think about that. You still think you're never going to die at that age, and you can't imagine it. You can't plan ahead your life when you're 12, 13, 14 because you don't even have the capacity well, to do it. But we're giving them yet. the tools that yeah. are setting their lives. I, I mean, mean, I sexted with girls in Pennsylvania back in the day, but we did it with a Polaroid camera. Like she would send me, give me a Polaroid and I'd give her a Polaroid back. It was the same thing. So I don't think it's, I don't think the. You can't forward the Polaroid to all your friends. Well, she well showed, once she you got the fax around. machine. Once you, and... no, once you have, but I'm saying it's, <laughs> how do you, how do you, how do you I'm uncomfortable, that? Brian. Make but him saying, stop. How do, you, no, but how do you, how do you, how do you stop a behavior that's Let's endemic to Let's talk about Russell Brand again. Everybody, you know, people do that shit. No, it's, it's really scary. I mean, it's, it's really scary, you know. And just now we have the tools that everybody can see it forever. Yeah. Before, it's like, okay, we burned the Polaroids and well, nobody can see them anymore. I was just talking with someone yesterday, an old comic that I knew from the 80s at the Comedy Store, because that's where I started when Kinison was there and Robin Williams was there. And the behavior was so bad and so drug-fueled at the mm-hmm. Comedy Store. And I said to him yesterday, imagine if there would have been iPhones in those days. Oh, yeah. That, that there's now, there's no period of time where you get to just lose your shit there's and no have privacy. poor behavior. And that you, the thing you took away from it was a lesson. You know, 30 mm-hmm. seconds ruined Michael Richards' career. Yeah. 30 seconds of losing it ruined mm-hmm. his career. Mm-hmm. And before, it would have happened and everybody would have had a story, but nobody would have known. Mm-hmm. It was word Ever. of mouth. There was no proof. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, are we still recording? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The thing is, too, it's like someone might take 30 seconds. It's about editing what we talked about earlier. Yeah. Someone can take 30 seconds of something, but they didn't take the two minutes beforehand that yeah. led up it's to out that. Of context. Context. Out of context. Out of context. Or the, the two minutes afterwards that wrap that point in a, in yeah. a nice blanket and yeah. presented something beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. they're not... Uh, doing all of that especially all of that. writers or comedians who are pushing the edge and mm-hmm. might have something in the middle of their rant that mm-hmm. is really fucking horrible sounding by itself but then it becomes you something don't else understand it. and yeah, yeah when yeah. you take something out of context like that it destroys everything and, yeah. and look at uh, just to go back to politics for a second don't, mm-hmm. don't yell at me well, I'm not yell at you unless you bring up Russell Brown I'm not, I'm not. I don't understand Eddie Izzard either oh now, oh, them's, oh, yeah. them's fighting. Them's the fighting words. Them's fighting words. Talking about that cross dresser like that. You re- you remember? You're so against the the TV generation. Whatever. I, no, she's no, against Brits. No, no it's not. She hates oh, no. Brits. You know what it is? It's like it's just like you know what irritates me more than anything is like uh, the the. Five people that are picked for each generation to be the spokesperson. Who fucking picks these people? You know what I mean? Like, and and what they say is. It's just like, I don't know, it just gets on my nerves. You know, like, I guess because... I mean, do you feel that Russell Brand and Eddie Izzard are two of the comedians of this generation? I don't feel that, honestly. But I do feel like, uh, I don't understand, because I've never hung out with any other people other than you 
two fucking losers that ever defended <laughs> Russell Brand. <laughs> I, I defended him in one movie. I didn't even get to say about how his dad said he was bullshit and the whole thing was an act. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess because, uh, especially when it comes to comedians, like, I know your trick, motherfucker. I know your trick. It's like, yeah. like that's why I could never date another comedian because it's like, it doesn't, your magic doesn't work for me because I know your trick. It's driven completely by lies fabrication yeah. indulgence you yeah. know what i mm-hmm. mean and yeah i get it you make people laugh but uh, but i don't get your trick i mean i totally mm-hmm. get your trick and but that's all you got yeah that's all you got yeah. yeah and so when i see people like eddie izzard and i res- but here's the thing if anyone can make it past a certain point i respect the tenacity of them right. i respect mm-hmm. russell brand's tenacity mm-hmm. i respect eddie izzard's tenacity but their comedy just doesn't talk to me and that's how i feel about uh um, Dane, Dane Cook. <laughs> right. So, there you yeah. go. Yeah. 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 And, but and I actually think Eddie Izzard is hilarious, and well, he's got the, the th- he's got way more behind it besides just the I'm wearing lipstick and got fake tits on. Yeah. See, so. I mean, you turned me on to Eddie, and I thought he was mediocre. Mm-hmm. And but the thing is, he's family friendly. Like if you watch his show, he is family friendly. My little brother, because we were very selective of the comedy he could see. I mean, I got so much shit because I did. A, I showed him all the Chris Rock stuff, like when he was seven. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Little, did, little young for that. He didn't get it yeah. yet. He wasn't. He wasn't there yet. But when he was like ten, I showed him Eddie Izzard stuff, and he laughed the whole time, and he got it. Yeah. So, but because Eddie's family friendly, he doesn't swear, doesn't do all that stuff. So, I mean, he like Eddie's kind of like the McDonald's of comedy. I think. I mean, wow. Really? Yeah, I, I, I think that. so. I would because he's he appeals to everybody. He's the fish and chips of comedy. He's English. Come on. Oh, so Long John he's Silver's. He's a Long John Silver's. He's like, I would say he's like the Indian food of comedy. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes you just want Indian. Well, you got to be a little more a little more sophisticated to get it, and then once yeah, you get it, it's good. Yeah. I mean, it, as a comedian, it, it is a weird thing when your children or people younger than you like a certain mm-hmm. thing. Like for my children, they are they were all about Gabriel Iglesias. I don't know. If if you know who that is. No. no you don't know no. who Gabriel Iglesias is? No, really? Old. Really? You don't know who Gabriel Iglesias is? He's your age, Gabriel Iglesias. Well, no. anyway, they were like, Gabriel Iglesias this and Gabriel Iglesias that. <laughs> and Gabriel Iglesias is incredibly talented mm-hmm. storyteller. And uh, it is interesting what other people like and what speaks to them. And, and just because I don't have a, a connection culturally uh, with Eddie Izzard or Russell Brand, right. it just doesn't work for me. Like, even though Chris Rock is African American, he, he can speak to everybody, and yeah. I feel like people like Russell Brand and Eddie Izzard don't necessarily speak to everybody. You know, I think Eddie Izzard goes out of his way to come off as kind of the intellectual. Comic. I was just going to say he's, a, he's so. an intellectual, but yeah. I like that. I, that was Dennis Miller. Yeah. That was Dennis Miller's yeah. thing too, I and I like thought Dennis. he was hilarious. He's not very. The, funny. the thing that irritates me about some comedians is. If you don't get what I'm saying, then you're the problem. Right. And that's why I get a little like turned off to people mm. who who are like that. You know, right. I can respect their tenacity. It is arrogance. Yeah. I can respect their tenacity, mm-hmm. and I can respect uh, intellectually what kind of went into it. But as soon as someone is like your comedy, as soon as someone is like. Uh, you don't get my yeah. If you don't get my material, it's yeah. because you're not educated. Then I'm like done. I'm okay. Done. Yeah, I get that, but I, I still think that there's a place for it because I love when Eddie Izzard goes off and starts doing jokes about you know, the Renaissance, and mm-hmm. you kind of have to know some of the painters to get some of his jokes. I love it, but mm-hmm. then he does bring Darth Vader back into it, so it's kind of like it's cool. So <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> no. We can all agree to disagree. No, yeah, and besides, well, comedy is a personal comedy thing. Right? Comedy subjective. is totally subjective. Yeah. yeah, just so. like music is. Like Bill Maher. Like we've had a we've had. Yeah, I love Bill Maher. You do not. Bill Maher, you don't so. like Bill Maher. I think Bill Maher is a lazy intellectual. You also I think, think he's arrogant. Oh, he's totally arrogant. But he's, 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 but he's, he's not but he's arrogant. intellectual. He's but, not so. a lazy intellectual. He's totally arrogant. Let me tell you, if you're at the if you're at Universal Amphitheater and you're doing political stuff to a crowd that maybe half the crowd is there to listen to you be political and the other half is because they got free tickets and you're kind of famous. Okay, so he's smart enough to know the balance. If you can turn a crowd around, you know, and I think that's an amazing thing. Okay, I mean that's that's a good storyteller and performer. But like on his show, like we were talking about, like I watch his show, I watch real time and. He doesn't, he falls back on easy arguments like, oh, well, you're stupid because you like God, you know? And for that. Yeah, I, but I agree with that. I don't. I don't <laughs> I, I, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to state a, state a, you know, position, back up your position mm-hmm. and not just go back to the, well, you're a Republican. Eh. Right, you know, he right. does that a lot. He, he's very dismissive. He on does the do that, but that's the yeah, shtick yeah, and that's, that's the show. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I just wanted yeah. to, I, I want to say. Well, you're stupid because I, I just want I want that because moment, and he never pulls the because. Yeah, I just think it's amazing that he can get people on a show, and he says fuck and dick and cocksuck. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. Like, like that's the, well, the politicians yeah, that yeah. need to get elected yeah. that will come on that show. That's but the, I respect them. Like yeah. even the especially the Republicans that come on that show, you gotta respect them because it's, true, it's yeah. they're well, I mean, that's taking what, a real the, risk. The going one thing on that about show. the show I do like is the pan, the panel is always more. Um, invested than he is i think yeah and they do the panel is fantastic i always love the panel well they're there to make their points he's there to make jokes But what you have to understand is for him to even be halfway informed of of of, uh all political landscapes uh that's an amazing feat in itself but what about the writers no but uh the the writers yeah but here's the thing with comedy uh you can be a comedian, and when you get to a certain point, mm-hmm. uh, you have to have writers because it's you're unable to do it. You at can't a keep up with you're absolutely turning everything. Over material like that, to be able to say a line uh, and and to communicate uh, the essence of the line and to do it in a way that's supposed to be funny and to do it that sounds like it's coming off the cuff, that's really fucking hard. Yeah. yeah. To read a card and to be able to, li- to deliver that, that's like patting your head and rubbing your tummy at the <laughs> same time. It's literally that hard. Like people talk shit about Chelsea Handler. What Chelsea Handler does is amazing. What, what Bill Maher does is amazing because it's really hard to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a big fan of Jay Leno, but it's hard to do that. I mean, he's had a lot of practice, but I'm not a big fan. But the fact that he can go on there and be so informed by every little tidbit, is he 100% informed? I don't know that, but he's pretty informed. He That's knows amazing. enough to get by. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. No, and, and this is why I like because I'm a comedy fan, but having an actual comedian in the room saying and a shitty one at that well no but are you kidding I've the first time on, i no. listened to your stand-up thing on on i put it on my ipod and this is like about four or five years ago when we had met because mm-hmm. you were doing photography with mm-hmm. wendy my business partner and i didn't know anything about your stand-up I, I put it on my bike i went on my bike ride up malibu i fell in this fucking sand i was laughing so <laughs> hard. so yes wow. that's very sweet of you to say yeah, no good. i did i fell and, off the damn bike but it's like Walk a mile in your shoes. I've never been on stage doing it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I know it's got to be incredibly hard because I, I thought about it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, I've listened to comedy my whole life. I loved 
I, when I was your son's age, I was listening to Eddie Murphy doing Raw. You know, we had, we traded cassettes, Carlin cassettes, all that stuff, and then even Billy so Crystal sit, was funny back. You then. Sit down to write a you sit down to write a joke. Yeah, it's like ridiculous. Well, imagine that stand-up and then getting on stage doing stand-up comedian. If you're yeah. if you're a, a guy, imagine you're making love to the most beautiful woman on the planet as you're fucking her brains out. You're thinking about 156 things to say to her that'll make her laugh. And you're able to say it and sound sincere. Imagine how hard that is. That's what comedy is when you're on stage. <laughs> no, it really is that. Because you're yeah. juggling what you're saying. You're juggling control of yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're juggling what's going on in the audience. It's, yeah, and you got to take the temperature of the audience. you got to shift That's and right. move accordingly. They're dropping the checks. And you're 40 minutes in. They just, just drop the checks. No one's paying attention to you. And you still have to keep their attention. That's why people like Bill Maher and those people, to me, like... That's amazing that they can do that. Closing shout outs. So I just wanted to ask you real quick about your photography series uh-huh. because you're not just a comedian in a pretty face. You are actually a photographer. You're so kind because I'm old. Um, no, I did comedy for 15 years and then I stopped because of my kids. But at that time when I did comedy, uh, and it will get to your question, I uh, at that time, like in the 80s and 90s, you would work the road a lot. And I used to work about 30 weeks uh, out of the year on the road. And that was, uh, you know, for 10 years, that was quite a while. And you would go Wednesdays to Sundays. So you would do like radio on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but you had a lot of downtime. And I picked up a camera and I started photographing in the middle of nowhere, everywhere. And then I actually met uh, your business partner, Wendy, when I took a photography class here in L.A. And uh, when I lived in New York before I moved to L.A., I had taken photography classes there at the new school, and I went to NYU film courses and did all that kind of stuff. And so I would travel around with my camera on the road. And I got to the point where I understood... Uh, as most people do when they photograph, what kind of photographer are you? And I'm a people person. I love to photograph people. And I love documentary photography. And it literally took me five years to, you know, whine and stand around like, what do I want to photograph? I want to photograph people, but I want a fucking story and blah, 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 blah. Hey, wait a minute. I know comedians. And so I started photographing when I lived in New York, comedians backstage. And that was at the time on the Lower East Side when the alternative comedy movement was coming about. And so I photographed Janine Garofalo and Louis C.K. and Todd Berry and all those guys when they were first starting out because those were my contemporaries. And so for the past, I would say, decade, I've been photographing backstage. I do photograph sometimes on stage, but to me, comedy on stage is kind of boring when you're looking at it in a, in a picture. So to me, it was all about the process that goes behind backstage, you know, because I see comedy a lot different than you guys would yeah. see comedy. To me, comedy is just a mirror of society, of what's going on in society. If I can get up there and make a joke and it makes you laugh, I'm mirroring your thoughts. I'm the mirror. So to me, I really love the idea of taking pictures backstage of these people, especially the people who are so excellent at it, because to me, they're like society's whistleblowers. And to me, the pressure you have backstage of going on stage and talking about super uncomfortable things is so (laughs) interesting to me, you know, like, and so I've been working on this project for about 10 years and it's going to be a coffee table book. I work on it constantly. And, and the great thing about it is from doing it for so long is that I photograph people from the beginning who are now huge stars and, and I keep photographing people at the beginning. So it's an ongoing right. project. And I'm very passionate about it, super passionate about it. 
So what's your, what's your process? Are you actually still shooting film? Or are you digital? I or did you ever? No, I crossed uh, over uh, okay. because uh, everyone has. Um, <laughs> I shot. Uh, I don't shoot with a flash because it's distracting to me. Mm -hmm. When you're photographing like that, uh, a flash is just it's it's not fair to the performer if you're right. backstage. I mean, I'm lucky to be backstage because I know a lot of these guys. But if I'm being a distraction, it's a distraction yeah. anyway without a flash. Yeah. yeah. But if you you know. Uh, but with a flash, it's it's totally unfair. And so I photographed uh, in the beginning with 3200 film and mm -hmm. uh, using my 50 millimeter 1.4 lens, which is my favorite lens. And uh, and I crossed over about two and a half to three years ago when I felt oh, wow, that's, that's, when it, I felt okay. it was like kind of comparable. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I'm sometimes when I'm shooting, it is pitch black. Like yeah, yeah I might shoot 100 frames and two will be perfect. You know mm -hmm. and because the lighting is so uh, uh, unforgiving, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. it's a, it's all natural light. I've seen, I looked on your website and I saw some of the stuff, and it's beautiful. Oh, it's thank beautiful you. Beautiful stuff. Yeah, thank you. No, I'm so super passionate about it, and I don't even care if I make money from it, because to me, it's a it's it's a record mm -hmm. of what I did, and it's a record of everyone. I mean, right. it's it is a historical record in a sense. Sure, of comedy, who gives a fuck? But. No, know, that's everyone important. Has, you have to do it's your very thing. important. I yeah. mean, and it's such a unique viewpoint that that people never see. Like a comedian backstage, sure, there are lots of photos of you know rock and rollers backstage with mm -hmm. their beer and all that stuff. Yeah. But how often have you seen a comedian like prepping, like a hand up against the wall, and you can see the you tension? You can see the and, tension mm -hmm. of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, and and the great thing is because I do know a lot of the comedians, I do have uh, access, and there have been other photographers uh, that shoot various parts of comedians, like portraiture or on stage, and. And even the big guys don't get access like how I can it's get the, access. It's the sometimes. candid aspect yeah. that, that yeah. you do that's so different. From so yeah. what 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 really struck me about it is I used to work at an art gallery that my dad ran, and we did a show of Roddy McDowell stuff where he he was basically like he would just snap pictures behind the scenes uh -huh. of all the actors he worked with, and your work is as good if not better than his. So I was oh, very you. I was I, I was very drawn to it. The fact that you're you're still going up and doing your thing, but still have have the wherewithal to take pictures these beautiful pictures oh thank you, you. know it's it you're very multi-talented oh so. thank you it's a it's an interesting thing because when i do comedy it's very very rare that i'll actually bring my camera and photograph at the same time sometimes i do it but it's hard because it's yeah. it's, two, switch, different it's two sides of your brain mm -hmm. you know uh and it's interesting to see other people that you know and have done comedy with and you know what they're doing on on stage is the camera will capture a different uh, side of them that you would have never seen that in person, yeah. you know? So it's been, it's been very interesting. And, uh, I mean, I will always be I'm more passionate about that in a sense than I am about my own comedy, which is not great. <laughs> <laughs> so are We're you going to kickstarter your book? <laughs> you know what? I was trying to make a kickstarter for my book and the guy that did Wendy's kickstarter, mm -hmm. the videographers, yeah. they came and uh, videoed and then something happened and I can't get a hold of them anymore. But, uh, I'll probably find we should my do own one. book. I want to do an And an we should e put together an ebook. I'll, I'll help you do, with that. You will? Yeah, of course. I would love to do an ebook. Yeah. I had uh, someone help me with, because uh, even though I love doing photography and stuff, the, the, the thing that's been uh, uh, a little bit of a problem is going from 3200 film to shooting digital is, is how do you make them kind of go, yeah. how do you make color and the black and white go together? Mm -hmm. And because at first I was in the ignorant position of it all has to be black and white. And then it's like, you know what? Not not really. Right. No, you yeah, know, not really. Not. And it's almost harder to photograph in color and make it just 
Especially in those dark light settings. But, yeah. but it can yeah. be so effective when it does work. When it like, does work, it's, it's amazing. It pops. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I, I, I to be the geek geek in the room. Um, <laughs> What do you use for your workflow? Are you like a Lightroom, Aperture? Yeah, type I'm of thing? a Lightroom girl. Okay. Yeah, good. I'm a Lightroom girl. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I stopped doing comedy, Making I worked sure. at. Uh, that's how I met Wendy too, is through Julia Dean, and then mm. I worked for this photographer oh, oh, okay. yeah, named I, Michael yeah. Greco, and uh, and also at this digital capture firm. This is about seven years ago. I worked at this digital capture firm uh, here in uh, Santa Monica. And that was when people were first learning how to, do you know what digital capture is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because uh, sometimes people don't. It's <laughs> At the time, people would shoot. Just tell, tell the audience. Okay, <laughs> like uh, big commercial photographers will shoot mm -hmm. uh, ha Hasselblads and mm -hmm. they'll do a digital back. And instead of going to a card, they shoot right to the computer. Mm -hmm. So your job in the like seven years ago was to figure all that out and have them shoot right into the computer, or right into Lightroom. My boss is the guy that wrote the manual for Lightroom. Nice. So I learned all <laughs> okay. of that, which was great right. when I came back in the comedy because everyone's like, will you help me do this? Will you help me do that? And then you had to do all that free work. Uh, well, yeah. no, because the funny thing is when I first got back in the comedy, the one thing I didn't know how to do was do websites. And I know I pestered you a couple of times. Yeah. And then there was this one point where you're like, look, bitch, fuck off. And I was all like, oh, I have to go read a manual. <laughs> and it was R the best R advice TFM. anyone gave me because now all my friends come to me and are like, will you help me? So there you go. Cool. Well, um, I hope to see the book soon. I, yeah, I really so do. And I'll Maybe definitely help out with that. Will. This okay, time I won't right. say go fuck yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because I get so busy. It's really hard to focus on one Yeah, well, you are time. doing many things. Speaking of which, please pimp yourself out. Where can we out. find you? Tell I'm us gonna, everything I'm about you. I'm going to be working at the uh, comic strip in uh, Edmonton uh, in uh, July. and Yo, then Canadians. And then in Minneapolis in uh, uh, August, I am working on the show uh, Peeping Comics, which should be out in a web series, uh, hopefully at the end of summer, if we don't pitch it and it gets picked up somewhere else. <laughs> Pipe dream, I know. And uh, so you can see me there. Or you can go still listen on iTunes, my podcast, which is Evergreen, that I did with Joey Diaz, who's a big podcaster now. It's called Beauty and the Beast. And... Uh, uh, you can go in there. There's 120 episodes of that. And uh, when we did those, this is the thing you have to be careful of when you're podcasting, is to make your podcast as relevant a year from now as it is today. Never try to be too topical. Not tr Try not to be too topical. Okay, we're cutting the news section. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tech podcast is a little bit different from a lifestyle That's thing. True. So well, we'll true. see how fab.com does but in the next we're, yeah, yeah, We'll see how that goes. And FeliciaMichaels.com, right? You can get me at, you can Twitter me at Felicia Michaels. My Instagram is a, a comics I, a underscore comics underscore I, which is the most annoying name when is you're typing I it on in, your fucking iPhone. Is it E-Y-E <laughs> or the letter I? Uh, EYE. Okay. You know, there is a funny thing about all this because I know you personally. Like, uh -huh. I had all these things written down, but I was like, I don't know if any of these are her public things or are they private? Like, <laughs> which ones are private? Okay. Nothing's, yeah, nothing's private. private nothing's anymore, private. So. I've, and when you do a podcast for 130 episodes, I've talked about <laughs> the stretch marks inside my vagina <laughs> ad nauseum. <laughs> Well, fortunately, I don't think we have to worry about you and I talking about that because we don't have vaginas. Well, that's you okay. never know. I do have that trip booked to Sweden. They oh, do those shit. operations there. Oh. I'm going to get myself some titties. <laughs> you two are so cute. Well, thanks for coming. Thank you, Thank you so for much me. for coming. Was, this you. was awesome. Thank you. Keep up with the Grumpy Old Geeks on the web at grumpyoldgeeks.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash grumpyoldgeeks, or email them at podcast at grumpyoldgeeks.com. Have a good week. Okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. We're driving to Florida.